When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. game a real one is this a giant step towards the 30 several points target that we need and some real positivity with an eye towards a brighter new premier league season to come or is this all just a sweet dream nope i keep rubbing those eyes and blinking and it seems i am awake history was made we hosted the first ever live televised 3 p.m top flight league fixture played on a saturday in Arsenal, we completed the double over a top side for the very first time, taking us to five games without defeat against them. It was also the first double inflicted by either by or on Albion this season. And it was the first time we've come from behind to win a Premier League game this season, apart from Everton. Um, certainly the first one from 1-0 down this season. And uh, I think it's the first time we've come from behind to win after conceding the first goal at the Amex in the Premier League in general. Um, finally, it was mine and Robin's first Zoom match, and I'm sure it won't be my, mine or his last. In other news, the results, well, they all went our way, didn't they? And even Peter's new locals, Charlton, got back to winning ways. Oh, and everyone's favourites, Leeds and Middlesbrough lost too, as if it couldn't get any better. Some smiling <laughs> nods going on in the background here. Because joining me is, as usual, South London's finest now, Peter Marsh. Hello, Peter. Hey, Russ. Good intro. I would question your, uh, your sign of Arsenal being a top team, though. That would be my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the first dig is in already. Lovely jubbly. Tame, um, tame place does not make you a top team. <laughs> well, you know, formerly, back in a previous life. If Burn- um, Burnley beat Man City tonight, they're bottom half. What a shame. Yeah, After exactly. all their uh, behaviour at the weekend. So that could be good. Um, well, as I've already mentioned, we've also got Robin joining us briefly. He wasn't going to be with us, but he has been unable to resist the urge to, given the <laughs> momentous occasion that is this win. Hello, Robin. Hi, guys. And we've got a fourth person with us as well, making not our debut, but a long-awaited reappearance. 
It's, it's Alison Nicole, West London's finest. How are you, Alison? <laughs> I'm good, yes. Yeah, my first appearance since um, that late night appearance after the West Ham game. So, where I was somewhat worse, worse for wear. Yeah, we'd had a few drinks, haven't we, that time? <laughs> we were celebrating in a different way, though. We'd come back from two goals behind to get a valuable and, well, at the time, unexpected point against West Ham. But this time, we've been in Arsenal. We've done the double. Fantastic. Um, guys, I don't know where to start with this, really. I, I guess, really, with the build-up, let's just talk about that first of all. We had a podcast preview with some Arsenal fans on Thursday in which they all predicted, even though they were fairly negative about their team, they all predicted that they would win, uh, <laughs> which uh, clearly wasn't to be the case. Um, after that, though, in the build-up, what did you guys get up to? What, um, how, how was match day for you before the game to start with? Bizarre. Um, oh, go on. Yep. Same. Bizarre. Uh, I actually quite enjoyed the fact that... Um, you could actually normally when you go to a game Saturday just get written off isn't it like the mm, travel yeah. the build-up whereas this you could actually get quite a lot done and then at five to three try and get a zoom thing to work which obviously took a few attempts but yeah it was quite nice actually being able to drink in your seat <laughs> as it were whilst you're watching the game um yeah it was quite nice I think the other thing is I think if the result had gone against us it obviously has the same effect doesn't it because you're, you're effectively there's no no journey back to London or wherever it is. You can kind of annoying, you know, annoyed, turn off the laptop and you're sort of already back. So that was a weird experience, but I quite liked it. No, you're right. I was going to say I was sort of doing a bit of gardening, a bit of housework. Yeah, making generally better use of a Saturday than I normally do. Yeah, yeah. It's cheaper. And, um, well, it was just as joyful because of the result, wasn't it? But on the other hand, you? If you, I think if you lose, you don't have the kind of like getting over it by chatting for hours in a pub afterwards and that sort of thing you know and, <laughs> yeah so it's not fair. quite the same yeah, in that quite. sense but yeah, you yeah, wouldn't I really mean, have the excuse to have about 15 beers would you really <laughs> if you're sitting at home it yeah we just laughed but i was it's funny i was talking about it with um my film and my flatmate earlier it's like it actually ridiculously improved my mood the whole football it's like yeah you remember how well. much it impacts your weekend mm. yeah, i felt better on sunday morning than i've done a whole of lockdown after Brighton won because 11 or what 16 men in the end had done something on a pitch that I had no influence over and it's yeah. ridiculous what impact football has on your life yeah yeah it was, yeah, it was interesting that people that had mentioned ahead of this that they were worried that they might be losing interest in the football during lockdown after that suddenly we're like fully engaged again yeah. which is you know good to see I don't know what a 95th minute goal can do for you mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, I, I, exactly the same as you, Peter. I just felt in such a buzzing mood. Just woke up with a smile. Just, you know, that, that casual and arrogant yawn in the morning. Ah, yeah. yes. It was like we're back, not back to normal, but back, think football's back. And I actually yeah. felt so much better than I thought I could possibly do. Obviously, by this, by, you know, not quite this time tomorrow, I'll probably be like, oh my God, we're three down at Leicester. It's like, what's going on here? Why have I bothered? No, no. <laughs> but your negativity, Peter, always. <laughs> 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 Whereas Robin, you're always so positive. Yeah. Well, I mean, the bizarre, the, the thing that's mad for me, which is what we mentioned on the preview show, is obviously I'm of, Peter and I are similar of the age of where when the Premier League was the first time I was really watching football from the early 90s mm. onwards. And I think I referenced it on the WhatsApp group the other day. When Arsenal won the double in 1997-98, we finished 91st out of 92 in the Football League with 35 points. Yeah, it's funny that the Arsenal a... fans didn't respond to that on the uh, group I know, for the is, uh, podcast I mean, last week. Bizarre. <laughs> As a single kind of statistic, the fact that in however many years since then, you know, 20 odd years since then, mm. we've gone from 91st in the Football League to doing the double over them in the Premier League is, you know, as a snapshot, yeah. it, that's just wild. Well, really. I, I, yeah. growing up in North London, I grew up obviously with a lot of Arsenal fans around, a lot of whom had Barnet as their second team. And at that point, Barnet were a lot better than us as well. So... And Barnet were my second team as well, to be fair. But they were significantly better than Brighton at that point. Right? In the playoffs, when we were like second bottom. And we a draw with the Barnet would be a really good result, let alone beating Arsenal. And yeah, I've, the thing I've been most interested in this week has been how Arsenal fans are shocked at losing to us when they've literally not beaten us in the last five attempts now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we're, we're, got... we're like a bogey team to them in a way. And yet they're still shocked that they lose to us every time. Yeah, I've got, I've got a lot of Arsenal mates, and uh, as you heard, three of them on Thursday. But, I mean, generally, they're reasonable guys. But there is a, 
a whiff of entitlement from a large section of the Arsenal fan base. I wouldn't necessarily... Well, watch Arsenal that. TV, fan TV. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean look at the way they treated really, Wenger after all the years he'd been in, you know, done all he'd done for that club. And he'd seen them through the, the money, the limited resources after the new ground and that sort of thing. And they yeah. treated him appallingly after, you know. Yeah. It's, a, it's car crash stuff. It's, I mean, Twitter was in meltdown as usual. And, and I think, I can't remember who it was, one of, one of you guys linked in um, the uh, teams like Brighton. Um, oh, that was me. Got, yeah. That was you, wasn't it, Robin? Yeah, the search thing. And, Hello. you know, it's, it's amazing how many people have used that line. Yeah. And we, we should, should be beating British... teams like Brighton if we've not beaten in the last five games. Yeah. It should be teams like Arsenal well. now, shouldn't it? But the, yeah, the thing that got was... me was, if you read on their forum, there were quite a lot of people on their forum claiming that, that us doing the double over them was the darkest day in their club's history. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which the darkest hour. Yeah, which, I mean, as a sense of, if that's really your... Uh, talking about sort of entitlement and sort of a failure to grasp what the world of football is actually like. Yeah. A team five-plated below you in the league doing double over you is your, it's literally your darkest day, then that is, like, yeah... It's just nonsense. Yeah. It's the it, worst really? time they've had since they basically conned their way out of not getting relegated in like nineteen twenties or whatever it was. But actually, <laughs> the lot it was what people said. But when we denied them the top four, that was allegedly the darkest day in their history as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could tell from Matthew, one of one of the guys we had on on Thursday, that we are really are a bit of a bugbear for for them, you know, and we've fast developed into a bogey team. Um, I love that the fact that we'd ever be a bogey team to Arsenal is hilarious. I know, it's it's funny, like... <laughs> I'm loving every minute of that. I have and the way that. it happened as well with Mope after all that happened oh, in yeah, the goal scorer yeah. in the 95th minute when it was supposed to be only three minutes mm. of injury time as well. You could literally yeah, could yeah. not have written it better. It was hilarious. And I mean, also it, very, it, very happy. I mean, the only thing that could have been better with that, obviously, is the obvious statement of if we were at the game. Because if you're at a game when there's a last-minute yeah. winner like that, there's always something mm. special. It happens rarely enough as it is. Yeah, it's and typical our it. first injury time winner, really, is like when we're not there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. In the Premier and League. In the oh, Premier our, League, obviously. Our first, our first win of 2020, <laughs> and we're not actually there to see it. So it's, uh... Yeah. yeah. I, was, I wasn't there for our last win of 2019 either. So Arsenal was the last game <laughs> I went to, the last win I saw. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was brilliant stuff. I loved it. We did the Zoom thing. There was, um, I think there was eight of us, wasn't there, Robin, on our Zoom chat. Plus, my yep. phone was guesting secondarily to, uh, to show the screen so that we didn't have to use the, uh, the links where people were about 45 seconds behind us. So we had two or yeah, three people. Yeah, that was a weird thing. If you're watching it on the TV, <laughs> you were ahead of the app. Yeah. Which is a bit bizarre. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so, yeah, so eventually we were watching on Rasta's TV, which worked out absolutely fine. I, I was yeah, watching with a Chelsea mate who was about a minute behind me. So I was basically describing what happened. <laughs> he obviously was less bothered because he's a Chelsea fan, but he was like, but he was, uh, yeah, he was less bothered about what happened, but... I then watched Chelsea beat Villa with him yesterday, which was a very uh, obviously really good as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, that was that was fun. I mean, where did you see it, Alison? Were you just watching at home? Um, funnily enough, just in my living room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing more exciting than that. But I still, you know, celebrated quite loudly when that yeah. goal went in. I think my whole street knew that I was a Brighton fan. <laughs> yeah, <that> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the neighbour neighbour probably was wondering what was going on in my <laughs> in my house. Yeah, I got some complaints from the wife immediately as soon as soon as that went in. We went mad. Half a beer in hand at the time as well, so uh, yeah. that could have got messy. As, Luck, as luckily, well. the only cat in the room at the time was a deaf one, so he was okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get onto the game itself then. Um, so, I mean, I thought personally it started uh, on the back foot. Arsenal looked much the sharper. Obviously, they hit the bar early doors and other opportunities. There was a good block. I think it was from Dunk, wasn't it, early on? And things were looking a bit uh, a bit spicy. So we're certainly worried in the early stages. I don't know about you guys. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we were second, definitely second best. And Arsenal, having had that game earlier in the week, um, albeit they got comfortably beaten, I wondered if the match sharpness that they might have developed from that was the, was going to be the telling difference. Um, but it wasn't. Um, we rode our way out of that and got ourselves up to uh, the half time. When well, a little bit before that, um, the incident, the first big incident of the game, which was turned out to be one of the biggest talking points, uh, Neil Warpe and their goalie, Bert Rano. Um, what's your takes on that? I mean, Robin, first of all, any um, any possible argument that um, there was any wrongdoing there? Because from what I've heard from every Brighton fan I've spoken to, there was nothing wrong with it. Every Arsenal fan, there was something wrong with it, and every neutral, there was nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I can see. 
if that was the other way, if that had been Aubameyang on Matt Ryan, I can see a tiny sliver of an argument to say that perhaps he did, he didn't necessarily need to make contact. But his his argument was that he is the type of player who is like that. He plays the referee's whistle. He's going to challenge for every ball. I think mm. the more of the issue is that Leno was trying unnaturally hard to not go out of the box. Mm. And that has what has caused his body to be in a very mm. unnatural position. Mm. And is that to me, that that's the bigger issue is that obviously he was trying to make sure he didn't take the ball out of the box. And that's, that's caused him um, the injury. Obviously Arsenal fans are ignoring the fact that Shilotto was assaulted <laughs> in, the, in the game last season. He was knocked unconscious, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. But also uh, Lacazette well, on Ryan, I thought was a worse tackle. Yeah. Yeah, so much nastier challenge than it just happened that Ryan was fine, whereas yeah, Leno wasn't. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, just one of those freak things, similar to the the Reese one, isn't it? Just a, a freak yeah. incident, mm. really. Yeah, which I saw some bizarre, like some comment from Tottenham fans, like lauding Mope, and and an Arsenal fan going like, "But he attacked like Lloris. It's like no, he didn't. He, he didn't go anywhere near Lloris. He just stood there and headed the ball in once he dropped it. Yeah, he was the nearest player to him, yeah. but he was still yards away. He was like miles yeah. away from him. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was very odd, wasn't it? And, and Alison, would you say the same? Do you think no, no real wrongdoing there from your view? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think there was any intention to yeah. hurt him. No. I, I yeah. think what the referee did was right. The free kick was right. I think probably mm. he did. Yeah, Robin said he probably didn't need to quite jump into him. It was a free kick. Anything else is just literally injury. You know, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if that challenge happens in the middle of the box, then Leno probably goes down normally yeah. with the ball. It's just the fact that it was right on the edge. He's obviously yeah. tried to sort of keep his body in. But even, I mean, you'd expect that, even taking that into account, it's still a freak yeah. accident. You'd yeah. expect him to sort of land a bit more naturally than that. Well, that, that's um, the yeah. thing. You can't you can't judge um, the foul on the seriousness of the injury by the seriousness. Unless you're Mike Dean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any particular incident you're thinking of there, Robin? No, 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 no. <laughs> Did you see Mike Dean with beard this weekend? He was like uh, refereeing one of the games. He's got like a beard. I know. Uh-huh. I am. Um, I do like Mike Dean now. I've come around to that way of thinking. So, but anyway, <laughs> sorry, Alison. I just had to get that in. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was no. It, as I said, it seems that every Brighton fan thinks that there was nothing untoward or, or certainly not excessively so. As I said, every Arsenal fan seems to have the exact opposite view. And the neutrals, from what I've heard, I mean, certainly Peter Crouch and um, who else was at BT? I can't remember. Yeah, Rio Ferdinand. Not Jake oh, Humphrey, Ferdinand. though. The guy yeah, who's, uh, who tweeted last year saying that the, the league should be really happy that Norwich are going up and Brighton may not go, may go down. Well, the, because... the league is really happy that Norwich have come up, yeah. mainly because we're all getting points off them. Exactly. <laughs> Norwich, you score like 25 goals all season, or something like that, 21 goals, or something ridiculous. Yeah. I think like that's, that. that's definitely backfire tweets. That, that's what progressive that, attacking football brings you, 21 goals all season. <laughs> yeah, yeah not that's, to defend, that's but... I think he was being contrary, wasn't he, just to try and spark debate, but, it, but the two pros thought it was... But he uh, called uh, Mope cowardly, which is like genuinely pathetic. Oh, yeah, it's like, not cowardly, is it? Cowardly is if... Yeah, I mean, cowardly is if he's... It, like, generally, if a player steams into someone and makes a tackle from behind or stamps on their ankle or something like yeah. that, that's cowardly. If you've yeah. gone up for a genuine, effectively 50-50 challenge, yeah. you've not even gone in. It's not like he led with his elbow yeah. or I saw, anything I saw like a he's... photo on Twitter earlier which basically showed Mope literally just looking at the ball, not even looking at Leno, going for mm. the ball and it's like he had no intention of injuring him as you say any other place in the area he'd have just gone down naturally but because mm. he I kind mean, of weirdly fell in a very unnatural position it was like it's yeah a freak it's just injury. weird and Mope's what five foot four five foot five <laughs> against the keeper who's <laughs> it's not exactly a physical mismatch is yeah. it in, in Mope's I mean, favour the thing for me was, I mean, first of all, he's entitled to go for the ball. It was, it was nothing even slightly out of the ordinary in that regard. You put, put a bit of pressure on, you just see if you force a mistake by chance. Maybe he steps out of the area, that sort of thing, if it's in that yeah. part of the, of the area. Beyond that, you're, just, you're not doing anything more than that. Yeah. Pay actually, in his interview, did say he was just seeing if, just if he managed to get to the ball. That's what he said. Um, and... I mean, the, um, the commentary from Match of the Day, Jonathan Pierce at the time, then live play, said oh, there's nothing in that. Um, the feedback afterwards from the others, it was um, Ian Wright, wasn't it? And um, again, Shearer. 
Giro. Giro, yeah. Thank you. And I think yeah. I think if if Leno hadn't pointed the finger, I don't yeah. think it would really have kicked off because the rest of the Arsenal players seemed at the time no one was particularly. I mean, obviously yeah. there were a few odd fingers being pointed, but there was no one particularly being aggressive about it. It was only really when Leno actually started to mm. sort of gesticulate at him that other players then, well, Genduzi basically. Everyone else seemed to be fairly, yeah. fairly sort of sanguine about it. I mean, there was, there was I think Which there was also someone... also made me wonder as well, the fact that he decided to get up on a stretcher, kind of half get up and kind of like do Oh, that, yes, yeah. It suggests yeah. that you can't be in that much pain then if your first thought is to go and point the finger yeah. at someone rather than yeah. actually just lie there, which is what most players do on well, a stretcher when they're that badly injured. That was yeah. funny when he um, sat up and yeah, had yeah. a few words like, as he left the pitch. I'm sure I, I will so. get slated by Arsenal fans for that, but it's like, you know, if you're that badly hurt, you do not like suddenly rear up and go point at someone yeah. aggressively. And I mean, it sparked the uh, meme, of course, where, or freeze frame caption where people mm. were saying, oh, point at who you think is going to score a 95th minute winner, uh, which I was quite amusing later on, quite amongst others. But I mean, we'll, we'll get on to that in a, in a bit. But, I, um, I do think t- a lot of it all stemmed from, in the end, Arsenal being bad losers. Yeah, I mean, to be honest... Gwen Doody's stuff did, and all the stuff around, and, and the fact that Mope had scored the winner as well. And also, a lot of the Arsenal fans as well are not, good, not used to losing to as we were saying earlier, teams like Brighton. And yeah. but also, it shows a certain immaturity about their squad, doesn't it? That actually, they can't... Most people get past that incident, but obviously Genduzi yeah. just couldn't get past it. And yeah, he just I mean, this... fixated it on the whole... You know, for the whole match, he was obviously... Mope was obviously winding him up hmm. as, the, as the game yeah. went. But, yeah. it's, but I mean, that shows the a level of... of... And he yeah. got the ultimate wind-up at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean... He'd apologised at half time already, so it's not as if he had showed some sort of, um, yeah. you know, apology or, or some some kind of. Um... Very, very few footballers want to injure another footballer, and it's like you know, even if exactly. you're not, even if you're not a fault, you won't be happy about you know, kind of. I mean, Mopey's yeah. had a couple of bad injuries himself, doesn't he? As well, so I mean, he's yeah, yeah he makes mention of that as maybe, well. Yeah. Maybe it's kind of on the back of um, after then losing on um, on what was it Wednesday, and then they. Was kind of targeting our game as well. Okay, yeah. this is where we're gonna get. Yeah, and I mean they so. played a weaker team against City as well, so they they were obviously mm. targeting our game as the one to win. I was pretty disappointed with. I'd say that they, you know, Morpé uses humility at half time. The second half, the game wears on. There's some obviously some tetchiness. There's clearly some banter going on between between them and, and wind ups both ways around. I'm sure. Mm. However, Morpé did say in the post-match interview that um, when Arsenal scored, they were they were being pretty um, verbal, shall we say? Yeah, um, I was and wondering. Showing yeah. a lack of class, and you I think, was... well, yeah. So yeah. wait till the end for that sort of thing. Really, is the answer, isn't yeah. it? You know, yeah. you start gloating before. I mean, I know our record this season when going behind isn't great, but still, at least wait till the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's brilliant that we're able, as you said, that the end wasn't there yet. It was brilliant that we're able to then go on and um, stuff it to them, really, given the, the, their behaviour. I think they, as he said in the interview, got what they deserved based on that. Lack and of also, humility, I think, was the exact wording. Yeah, lack it? of humility, yeah. That was, yeah. That was a great little, little dig as well. So, so um, I mean, that I bet was he enjoyed the, that. That was yeah. the um, Le Petit Chitel, yeah. as he's now going to be called, I think, um, by, by everyone on social media already. Um, he certainly is a wind-up merchant, and he's certainly the sort of player you love when you've got him. And but he's our wind-up merchant. Exactly. Mm. But on this occasion, I think, you know, I don't think he yeah. started anything, ironically. I'm, re- I'm really actually quite excited about what happened with Mopé next season if we stay up. He, yeah. he looks like he's going to, you know, if he could get, like, a bit more service, maybe McAllister, maybe one or two others yeah. kind of coming yeah. in. He yeah. looks like I, he's going to score goals at this level. He's like, I like him. He gets his shots so on target. His other mm. shot was on target, wasn't it, um, from the same yeah. end? And um, he just he just looks like he's no nonsense. He'll get on with the shots. He'll get it away quickly. Yeah, it's not time because I mean, well, just going through the match before we get to the to the winner. And obviously, it was disappointing to go behind when we did. I felt we were riding the way through the game nicely, and it was looking like a draw was now becoming the fair result till they scored. A couple of problems with that. Obviously, Solly didn't get tight enough late on. But it showed him inside, allowed him the room to do what he was doing, Pepe, to score the goal, which was disappointing. However, as I'm sure you're already itching to say, Scalotto as well, um, just didn't track back at all. Yeah. He had a chance at the other end. It was a it was a half chance, sort of header thing. 
He should have headed it back across goal rather than towards goal. Yeah, anyway, it's a tap yeah. in for Trossard, isn't it? Really? Yep. Yeah. yeah. But having having done that, fine. Okay, you, you've squandered the chance, whatever. But you've got to then get back into the game because there's a counter attack, and he just didn't. I was literally back. shouting at the TV how he was standing with his head in his hands. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It's like yeah. no, no, no. You're you're you you have to defend as well. Get back. <laughs> so that obviously led to that goal. We were all pretty down at that moment, thinking, ah, we've, we've ridden our way through the worst of this, and now, now we've gone behind. However, we got our goal, Solly atoning, in fact, um, partly because he had the short corner. Yes, we scored for a short corner as well. That's got to be history as well. I thought it was miles offside when I watched it in real time. Yeah, um, I was But it was um, Rob Holding was basically standing on the line, hadn't stepped yeah. up. So it's good intention. Yeah, they were saying mentioned today the, the Arsenal's defending was pretty shambolic because Lagazette didn't come out and yeah, you know, no one came well. to close down March yeah. and Holding was just yeah standing on the line basically yeah. playing March onside. So that allowed March to do a one-two with Trossard, wasn't it? I think yeah. from a position of onside allowed him to get in towards the box as you play as he plays the ball in. You can see that Morpay's trying to do a little tr- tricky little move through through his legs into the goal to sort of drag into the goal. He gets something of a touch, but not enough. Um, Arsenal were about to clear it, but Dunk closes the space down and block shots it into the goal. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a lucky one. Actually, scores yeah. twice because he put it back in properly afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, hold, what was Holding doing trying to handball it out of the goal as well? Well, I mean, especially when I mean, it was almost hitting the net anyway. By that point, yeah, it's yeah, quite I mean, funny because they were like lauding like the goal system, goal review system's working now, and actually, a Dunk like, put it in hit the back of the net. And, yeah, the first one almost hit the back of the net and was handball anyway, and the second one did hit the back of the net by the time it actually gave it. So it wasn't like yeah, it worked I think properly. It, I think it actually crossed the line even more than the Aston Villa Sheffield yeah. United goal, yeah, it did, it did. <laughs> which is saying something. Yeah. But uh, no, so I mean, we got got back out of jail. And to me, I don't know about you guys, but I felt that um, once we got that equaliser, it, it felt very comfortably attained. And then I felt like we were, we were going to be okay for the point. I predicted a one-all draw anyway. And that was what made me nervous because I never get the score right. Um, so I then thought, oh, there may be another goal in this. And it did feel We, we looked for all the world, but we settled for a draw. I think... When yeah. um, just after McAllister had come on, they gave the ball back to us, and Ryan yeah. was kind of time wasting picking the ball up. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing actions here because I'm like, I know you, you guys can see, but no one who's listening can. Sure, <laughs> yeah. But Ryan was kind of like taking time picking it up as it Lacazette or was going through and trying to like make him pick it up immediately. And it's yeah. like we looked like for all the world we were time wasting to try and just make sure we won, we got a draw. Yeah, and then, this is, I think, is is the thing we're going to get from McAllister which is he's obviously got the confidence and maybe the arrogance, the balls, whatever you want to call it. He's obviously been playing for a team who don't accept a draw. Mm-hmm. You know, Boca Juniors need to always go for the win. Yeah. So he's obviously yeah. brought that mentality. And, yeah. you know, he, he, was, he played that pass straight down the middle where actually the safer option may have been to go down the wing, go to the corner, waste a bit more yeah. time. It's a bit, yeah. in theory, it's a bit of a risky pass because it's played straight down the middle. If you lose that ball, then potentially there's a counter-attack coming back the other way. Yeah, um, so it shows confidence in his ability. And uh, Yeah, I think that, I mean, that we don't get the win without him coming on, I don't think, so. <laughs> and I just want to, I want to flag Aaron Connolly's little touch. Yeah, yeah lovely touch. Really, didn't really yeah. get any, any kind of praise or notice because... Yeah, it was a lovely dummy from Mope and a lovely touch from, from Connolly. Yeah. It's I mean, a the training ground a, move, I think. It was, yeah, exactly. And when you're watching it, you're thinking, okay, the ball's gone in, it's managed to, to make its way to a Brian player, but you then thought, oh, there'll be a heavy touch, it'll go over the line, or the ball is go a bit wide, we won't be able to get the shot on, on target. But everything just fitted together nicely. It was a delicious touch from Connolly. Um, so Considering he has, he's been out for such a long time and he hadn't really, yeah. been on the, he hadn't really done much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, I didn't even uh, say, someone said he had about two, two touches after coming on, or three, and the other yeah. two were terrible. And yeah. then suddenly from nowhere found that brilliant flick. Yeah, because actually yeah. on our Zoom call after he'd been on the picture about 10 minutes, I actually think I said to you, Russ, has Connolly actually done anything? And that was, mm. that was, <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, yeah actually, yeah, I, he has. I, I, yeah. I think after it was like two or three touches, that was it. And yeah, yeah. Other, the other Just, two were terrible. He'd done absolutely nothing apart from the um, touch uh, for the assist. Robin, can you say that about other players winner. tomorrow? <laughs> 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 Definitely, yeah. Jamie uh, Vardy, given my luck at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, last minute, last minute winners are always just wonderful, and I just love it. I mean, I, I, the Zoom call celebration was brilliant. I mean, that that made it really. I think it was enjoyable anyway. Yeah, to, I think the flip side is I don't think we get the win if there's a crowd in the stadium. Because mm. I think <laughs> the atmosphere, I think the atmosphere Fresh. would have turned at one nil down. 
And I think oh, we'd maybe. have retreated into ourselves and we wouldn't have gone for it in the same way that yeah. not having the pressure of a crowd there probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, so not ruling out totally, but I think we probably didn't panic. We didn't change our attitude. We didn't change our approach because there's no one in the stands, mm. you know, potentially have, we've seen the atmosphere mm. at the Amex has turned, yeah. you know, as soon as we go a goal down, the atmosphere tends to take a bit of a, and a dive as said, well. I can't remember if it was Kieran Maguire or Spencer on our pod, or it may even have been one of the Argus guys, but somebody said that we might be um, better without the crowd playing without inhibitions. And, um, particularly for the younger players. So I guess you could say Connolly, by extension there, might have benefited from exactly that. Yeah, I mean... And also you think Connolly doesn't... Yeah, Yeah. Mm. I'm not so sure Connolly necessarily tries that flick with a crowd either. Because if that goes wrong and, you know, Mm. this is the last chance in stoppage time, he tries a little flick that goes nowhere. Or if he um, does, it doesn't. He does. It doesn't come off because he's. But yeah, not it's the sort of thing that they would do in training when there's no one. Yeah. When there's no one around, that's how. That's yeah. my take on it, anyway. It is. It is. A, it's up there with that Stoke goal that we scored a couple of years ago, though. In terms of like the quality, even from Proper's flick over his shoulder, basically. Yeah, exactly. To, Keeping the ball in play. To McAllister. To I mean, it's up there in quality with that one that Iskiela scored at Stoke. It's like it's just yeah, such a. Agreed. Everything's just so you know it's a bit messy up to that point, and then. Suddenly, four touches, basically, or three touches, in effect. In yeah, goal. three touches, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's a rare Premier actual League. Premier League goal, yeah. We don't yeah. score yeah. many Premier Normally, I mean, you can, things like, like Jahan Batch's one or the ones that he gave us the first season are kind of like, you know, it's freaks. You shoot from there. If you shoot enough times, you might get in top corner or whatever, that sort of thing. Or the, back, mm. the overhead kick was ridiculous, but it still was a bit like that. But ones that are pure team move where you've got like two or three brilliant touches after the other one are all kind of like, yeah, we don't often score that sort of goal. No, and I think the fact that you contrast that with the first one, which was very much a League yeah. 2 style <laughs> like charge down, <laughs> get a foot in. But we're, much, we're a lot more accustomed to that. Yeah, than, uh, we, yeah a lot of our goals have been from set pieces this season. Speaking of that, um, that equaliser, I think Dunk's now scored against, is it Arsenal, Liverpool and Manchester United yeah, this season? Yeah. Uh, he's scored three goals, he's got three assists. He is the highest um, goal um, involvement centre back, I think, in the Premier League this season now. His own goal, not any assists then. If you don't count, okay, yeah, I'll star <laughs> player own goal. Yeah, so a bit um, different to know, a Liverpool goal though. With, with, yeah. regard, <laughs> with regards to man of the match, I mean, yeah, there's various debates. You could say Ryan. I thought Ryan had an outstanding game, made some really key saves. Don't we've mentioned? Obviously, got a goal and he had a solid performance, some key blocks, uh, some key passes, and. Obviously, Basuma uh, was a delight because he managed mm. to keep his, oh, not, not 100%, but he managed to keep his general good form from the annoying pause of lockdown. Um, and up front, you've got Morpé, who just had such an engine on him. Considering the lockdown and the match fitness issues that could have been surrounding this, we seem to just keep going. We, we looked fit all the way to the end of the game. I mean, Basuma was blowing, obviously, in the last few minutes. But, but aside from that, I mean, you could, you could have an argument for Morpé. So there's four players there that could be man of the match did you single anyone out for that say for example Alison first who stood out for you or, or is it uh, really a mixture of the four I, I, was, I was thinking um dunk for me and that yeah. um I'd been mm. I was chatting with a mate who was watching the watching the game elsewhere and um hadn't really wasn't really aware of dunk and I was just saying you know mm. like he doesn't always get the sort of full credit that um for just how good he is yeah, I think he was marshalling the defence really well in that game as well. Um, interestingly, I mean, we only had 41% possession. I know it's against Arsenal, so it's not that much of a surprise. But we don't tend to win this season without having um, more than 50%. So um, that's that's kind of a positive thing, I suppose. In terms of shots, we had nine shots in the match to Arsenal's 13, five on target to their six. So, Which is quite a good percentage for us. Norm, often yeah. we have quite a few shots, but not many on target. In general, and, and obviously it's telling that we were more efficient than they were in front of goal in that regard. And we had decent shots. Moy's shot earlier in the game was a really mm. good effort. That was yeah, Marcel did really well with that because he was just come yeah. on to hold mm. on to that when it was like there was quite a few legs it went through and yeah. it was, it was a, fact, it really tested him, I thought. I think the shooting in general in the game wasn't bad at all. I mean, there weren't many powder puff shots or just weak oh. pass it to the goalie type things, were they? I mean, they were... No, Saka hit the bar, didn't he? That yeah, yeah. Malpe had that one from relatively close range second half when Gross Yeah, it was crossed. a good save, yeah. And it, yeah, he did well to react to that as well. Yeah. It was quite a good... Ryan saved where, where the ball swelled a lot and he had to. He was caught out of position and managed to change direction. Yeah, that's a great yeah. save. I think that was a really good save. That was yeah, a weird one as well because we basically would have given a penalty away if it hadn't been for the fact that someone was offside. 
that would yeah, have blatantly been a penalty, penalty wasn't it? Yeah. if it wasn't yeah. for offside before that. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. I mean, there was um, we also had ten corners in the game, which I think is telling about our attacking intent in the match. I think also part well, of none of them were none of them were except the goal were that great. Considering no. Gross's normal delivery, there was no real. Hmm. We I, considering true. a that and b that Arsenal aren't that great in the air defensively. I was disappointed yeah. maybe that we didn't cause more damage from those. Yeah, none play. really actually found a player, did they? Yeah, really, which is why we went for the, the short one probably in the end and then obviously got yeah. a goal from that because it yeah. wasn't really working generally. So who, who was your man of the match, Peter? Would you say? Uh, Bithuma, I'd say probably. Bithuma. And the yeah. fact that he was like, he saw that McAllister would take a, would get us an assist. So he was like, he, he feigned cramp at the end to get off and so McAllister could come on was even better. Yeah, exactly. But I, I will add someone to your list, actually. Someone who maybe has been criticised a lot this season, who I, was, I think I was saying on Saturday at um, Six London was, uh, was Webster, who I thought had a really, really good game as well. And mm. did one the, the probably the tackle of the game when Aubameyang was about to score. And suddenly goes mm. got across and did a brilliant tackle. And I mean, if he'd missed that, he'd get a penalty and a red card probably. So yeah, I, yeah. I would say yeah. he deserves a mention as well. But I would I would have given it to Basumaram again, as I would have done at Wolves and Sheffield United as well. He was he's been brilliant recently. Yeah, in the last four or five games. Mentioning Seagulls over London to explain that was we we had um, a post match social on Zoom um, with all the Seagulls over London members. Well, not all of them, but um, about fifteen <laughs> of us um, all joined up to uh, have a chat and. Uh, to the fact that everyone was buzzing, of course, lots of smiles, and that was really the first of what we'll probably do all the way through uh, the rest of the. Uh, Including the one of our members who was on the uh, the Albion Zoom wall. <laughs> Just going to say, yeah. So Richard Holwarton, who's also been on this on this show in the past, he's yeah, he was on the Zoom wall with um, with someone. I think it might be his wife. I can't remember now, but um, yeah, he said it was an interesting experience. Of course, you're not allowed to show any branding. I think Robin's had to go, by the way, just to let you know. Um, but thanks for joining us, Robin. Well, we never know and who Robin's he... band the match was, so he should have gone to him first. <laughs> yeah, maybe should, but uh, there we go. But yeah, um, yeah, they were talking about you can't have branding, you can't drink, you can't swear, you have to be available for an hour before and all sorts of other things. I've got to say, didn't fancy that for my match experience. Yeah, not drinking, not swearing is not an ideal combination <laughs> from, from my, when I'm watching yeah. football. Yeah, he said he enjoyed it. The, the only issue with, with that was that when Arsenal scored, it went, it cut to the fans. When we equalised, it didn't. So he was saying that um, they cocked up there and they got a bit of a redemption by the fact that we happened to score a winner and then they were able to... I, I thought the best one was the guy who was asleep on Zoom when, when we scored. <laughs> was like, oh, I guess someone was, yeah. Yeah, there was some yeah. guy who... He may have been looking at his phone, but he was looking definitely looking down and kind yeah. of like... I don't think people were doing really, so was, Why are you that bothered about watching the game that you're going on Zoom? Exactly. Well, maybe they're not. Maybe they're who, just more... Who was your man in the match for us? Who would you go I for? think I, I went for Basuma at the time. I think it could be any of those four I mentioned, but I, I, I'll stick with Basuma. But quite honestly, perfectly justifiable for any of yeah. any of um, Morpay, Dunk, and Ryan. You could even argue one or two others, possibly. Um, what I would say is that Basuma he ran himself into the ground there, but he did have he did have a lot of fitness. I wondered with the game coming so soon afterwards on Tuesday whether he'll be replaced in that lineup. Um, for the subs bench, maybe not it sure. A few, we'll find there's out. a few interesting calls with the squad selection mm. over the next few games because I wonder if if Dunk avoids a booking tomorrow because I think he'll probably play tomorrow. Whether they don't play him against Man U, for example, because of the risk of missing the next two, including <laughs> Norwich, which is obviously a good chance of winning. Do yeah, you leave? Yeah. Do you you know if Dunk has got one game he misses in exchange for guaranteeing he doesn't miss the next two, one mm. of which is probably our most one of our most winnable games the rest of the season. Do you yeah. do you leave him out? And give him a That's game true. off, you know. It's like I think tomorrow he'll play, but I wonder if Man United, if he doesn't get booked tomorrow, hmm. whether he he's rested for that just to make sure he's there for Norwich, which is yeah, hopefully yeah. one we should get we'll, a good result we'll, from. We'll finish with a preview of Leicester in a moment, but just just f- finally on the Arsenal match, the um, shenanigans at the end of the game involving going back to Morpé and Guendouzi, shambolic behaviour. Again, it, we were saying about immaturity and bad losers and all the other stuff. But to reignite it at the end, I mean, first of all, just before the end, after we'd scored our winner, Guendouzi does a very incidental little sort of tap on uh, in sort of into the midriff of, um, of Morpé. And Morpé did show ultimate shithousery by falling over. Yeah, that's my one issue with Morpé, actually, that, that yeah. bit. I, I, I would like say that his... he didn't behave well there. He, yeah, it, I, don't it, like I mean, Guendouzi shouldn't have done it, but it's a ridiculous yeah. thing to do to the, dive over. I mean, there is the argument if he doesn't do that, there's, no, there's nothing to play act with. 
unless unless he does it completely. Oh, yeah, absolutely, but he didn't need to play out there. Like, yeah, I mean, that was our... We order. basically won the game at that point. We were barely going to play another 10 seconds or 15 yeah. seconds or whatever. Yeah, I was, I was wondering whether the whole behind-closed-doors thing might mean that the players themselves are hearing more of what each other are saying uh, on the pitch uh, that could lead to yeah. sort of an increase in such incidents yeah. that might normally be blocked out by crowd mm. noise. And On the one hand, yeah, you, interesting, you don't yeah. get... You don't get the potential influencing by crowds of getting of winding, of getting the players wound up. But then, as you said, if you're hearing more, especially all the n- little niggly stuff that goes mm. on, it was obviously yeah, happening maybe. after Mopey. Yeah, yeah, yeah sledge- Mopey. Sledging and stuff going yeah. on on the pitch that you probably wouldn't get when you had a full noisy stadium, perhaps. Yeah, and it's yeah, clearly what's going well on was yeah. the whole way through. But but what happened shortly after that incident was that then Gwendozi again. Uh, got involved. He grabbed Morpay out just after the final whistle by the neck, quite aggressively, by the throat. And um, and that led to another fracas. Other players blocked them off straight away. But the the you know the, the, the bickering went on. They kept trying to have a go at each other. A couple of other players got involved. Um, that is totally out of order. And we've heard today, we're recording this Monday evening, that um, no further action is going to be taken. Um, so... Peter, would you like to have your next rant? Because you, you, it was delightful on WhatsApp. Uh, Go for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just think that, yeah, if that, that wasn't a top six player, they definitely would have had. I mean, yeah. I'm not that, but I, I was pissed off generally by it. But, I mean, we beat Arsenal, so I don't really care that much. Mm. But realistically, yes, if that was a Brighton player on an Arsenal player, that would definitely have resulted in a three-match ban. I, I quite like him as a player. So, in a way, I'm, I'm not fussed that he's gotten escaped in a suspension because they're probably playing some players, uh, some teams that we want them to get results against just to be on the safe side. But, but yeah, I mean, it's disgraceful. It's one rule for one, one for another. Yeah. If ever you look at what happened in the first season, uh, Hamed got banned for three games. So, that thing against... Newcastle. Just going to say that. Yeah. And it was yeah. nothing... He basically just kind of like trodden the guy because, and then yeah, on the other hand, the year before Jerry Barton got, or two years before Jerry Barton got away exactly. from stamping on Kyle. It's Which so inconsistent. More infuriating. Yeah, yeah it's trial it, by media as well, wasn't it? Graham Seaman yeah. back on and on about it to the point where they felt, oh, we'd better do something, and and there was nothing in it at all. As I said, hundred percent guarantee, Morpay gets a ban of probably four games yeah. if he does that, and you know it's, it's disgraceful. However, it, because he's arsehole, people, but yeah, I mean. Frankly, mm. we won. So I think beating him in the last minute with Mopé scoring, Mopé scoring was like probably yeah. the best thing anyway. That's the best thing to give to Wenduze. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, far better than any ban he's going to get. The fact that we beat it, them so late on. As you said, it's one rule for one and one rule for the uh, top, uh, what is it, 10 are we talking now? <laughs> top 10, but only if they're a big club historically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the head-to-head, by the way, according to the website I use for this, um, we've won now five games drawn four and lost 12, which is a bloody good record against Arsenal. Yeah. Well, what's the point? Unbeaten in five. Yeah, exactly. So things are looking good. Uh, the other results all went our way, as I said, at the top of the show. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, you know, how much of that you saw. I didn't really see much. To be honest, the Villa game was great because I didn't watch any of it. Just caught the results. So I didn't have any of the stress of knowing they got I, ahead. I, I watched it with my oh, shot supporting mates. Yeah, yeah I, was mm. watch, I was watching. Yeah, that was, you know, pretty enjoyable as That well. minute was quite really good, though. That when, they, when it turned around from Villa winning to suddenly mm. you're losing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or it, it always makes it sweeter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think I, mean, the, from... I genuinely actually think that what makes me even more optimistic about this season, actually, is the way the other teams played. I thought West Ham yeah. were really poor. I thought Bournemouth were really yeah. poor. Norwich were dreadful, but I think they're down anyway. Villa let yeah. a goal lead slip and, you know, actually yeah. overall were terrible. I mean, they had, Chelsea had like about 80% possession or something like that. It was, yeah. it was like ridiculous. Villa, Villa against Sheffield United, I didn't think, people, people didn't necessarily agree with me, but I didn't think Sheffield United played very well at all. No, they didn't. So for Villa to be lucky to get a draw against an underperforming Sheffield United, you know, that doesn't do them any credit. If you look at the stats, think, Villa had all yeah. the shots in that game and it didn't really test the keeper that much. Yeah. It's, um, mm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, at the moment, I think it's one from, oh, obviously Norwich will go down, but I, well, it'll be two from Bournemouth, West Ham and Villa for me. I think Watford, I've got a feeling, will be okay. They are, so, I know form's irrelevant, but they're the ones who've been in the best form since, I mean, they were bottom by a mile at one point, and then yeah. they've picked up to the point they're now outside the bottom four. Yeah, bottom they've three, got a so. fighting spirit as well, haven't they? They conceded yeah. what should have been a late winner and, and scored a much, an even later equaliser. Yeah, you know, I thought they looked okay against Leicester. I thought they did. They yeah. did pretty well. When you compare it to like West Ham and yeah, and yeah, I mean West look, Ham actually should be one who actually benefit from the whole no crowd yeah. thing because their crowd get on their back so much at the Olympic Stadium. It's ridiculous. Yeah, 
yeah. But um, yeah, no, I think Watford might be all right. I mean, they had a good result against Liverpool. Um, recently. I, I, I think Villa will go, to be honest. I think Villa will go down. Yeah, I, I think do. Norwich will go. And then it's one from whoever actually probably is worse out of West Ham and Bournemouth. Yeah. Well, I think for, for Villa and Bournemouth, it would be the worst case scenarios for those clubs financially compared to others because um, yeah. they're just not they're just not built for it. They've they've really set themselves up for a fall. Yeah, they, I would think Villa. I'm thinking Villa and Bournemouth for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you've got I no. Would, love I would lost not be upset with that in any way. <laughs> Alison, you don't, you've got no love lost with Villa, have you? Was uh, it Villa where you said someone got assaulted? Oh yes, as a Brighton fan that got um, punched from behind, walking away from the ground. So in the yeah. was that the title not winning season? That that was the one. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm. Just to just to lift the mood further as we walked <laughs> away from the ground. Yeah. So not. But not that, that said, I I enjoy a trip to Villa Park on on mm. the whole. There's a not so much when we lose in the last minute though. No, no, <laughs> not so good. But um, the pre I just want, I just want to see Jack Grealish get relegated. That would be my... <laughs> yes, that would be good. Leeds not getting promoted and Jack Grealish getting relegated would really make my assuming Brighton stay up would make my season. That was like <laughs> Jack Grealish on the floor crying about relegation and Leeds not going up would be genuinely epic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we we turn our attentions then at the end here to Leicester just tomorrow Tuesday. There's the next game. It's a six o'clock kickoff at um, Leicester's ground the King Power either of you travelling up for the game or a... yeah I'm, I'm off tomorrow I've got the whole like two, two days off so I'm up there tomorrow morning spend the whole yeah, time in Leicester you know drinking the streets yeah let it wear the spoons yeah. let it wear the spoons you know that sort of thing <laughs> yeah I'll be open <laughs> no I mean it's where, where are you watching the match uh, again it's just a, just at home on your own or are you doing where, where do you think people thing, are going to be watching you... other than at home <laughs> <laughs> well, I was hoping someone's going to say Garden you, or something. You, you try, you're trying to catch someone out admitting to breaking lockdown rules or something. You could have been with your bubble friends, oh, no. or you could be, you could be in the oh, garden. I'll be, yeah. I'll be alone in my living room. <laughs> to be honest, I'd probably be alone in my living room. Well, everyone would like disappear off and like leave me to it. So yeah, well, I recommend the Zoom chats. We really enjoyed that. That was that was. Yeah, good I've, fun. I've got a Zoom yeah. chat to make tomorrow, but I will join your, uh, your yeah. Zoom chat at some point. The the teams, it's impossible guessing a Potter team anyway. I mean, we mentioned about Basuma. Do you see any other vital changes to be made? Because, I mean, the first thing to mention is my man, McAllister, who I keep going banging on about. He's come up as a sub and made an impression in both games. Um, I, I think we should have a few we, more pacey players tomorrow. I think Bernardo yeah. should start. I think there's a need. Leicester are so quick. They're such hmm. a quick team, generally. I, I feel we need a bit more pace. So Bernardo would be an option. McAllister would be an option. You know, people with a bit more pace. And, and I think we've got to try McAllister from the start somewhere. And a game where, yeah. frankly, we've got nothing to lose in a way. Yeah. I don't want to get beaten like 5-0. But, you know, we've got nothing really to... Having won at the weekend, we, you know, if we don't win tomorrow, we lose tomorrow. We've got more than we expected from those two games. So. Yeah, we put, it, we put him on so late in the game. It looked like it was just a tactical thing. Yeah. And for him to have made an impression in such a short period of time... He sort of, a he sort of deserves, I think, a bit more, certainly a lot more time than he's had so far. And yeah. B, he's going to be completely fresh because he hardly had time to break sweat. So um, I'd like to see him play. I mean, I don't really mind as long as we rotate and keep it as fresh as possible and yeah. do whatever Potter feels is best. Um, Graham's done a good job so far, I think, all things considered. And I would like to see certainly us refresh the squad when we need to. We've got a whole week off after this game, though, haven't we, as well, to take into account. Um, Leicester, interestingly, are involved in the FA Cup at the weekend, so they will have. As to our man, you, we play game. after it as well. So they'll yeah, play next so game up since us. Could or be two games. Of, yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be an advantage at this early stage of project restart. We'll see. Um, one other thing is Conley, I guess, whether he gets whether he's earned a bit more. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't start him. I'd I need my pay up front. I'd personally be inclined. I mean, Morpay definitely earns, earns his place again, um, assuming he's, he's fit enough to play, which I think he is. Then Connolly, yeah, off the bench, I'd say. Alison, would you do anything radically different with the team? I mean, were you pretty happy with the squad and the particularly the starting lineup on Saturday? Yeah, I, I, I was I was quite happy. Um, yeah. and <laughs> Cheesy grin on your gen- face. Generally, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to um, yeah, it, it, it's such a short wait to yeah. going, going again tomorrow. It's um, yeah. I know. You know, kind of like a, tor- a tournament atmosphere. So yeah, it's all good. 
They're coming it thick do, and it fast. It does feel like a tournament, doesn't it? It's a summer mm. and so many it's games in just a short space of time, like three games a day and yeah, yeah well, it kind of, make, kind of makes out up for missing out on the Euros, doesn't it? In yeah. that it's kind of got a, a yeah, definitely. That sort of weird days. And... They're on weird days of the week, weird times. They're all yeah. staggered, as you said. The sun's out, and um, you know, it's just it doesn't. It feels all very, pretty surreal. The environments don't seem to be mm. the same, do they? So, not having the crowds. I know you normally have got crowds at tournaments, but you know, everything just feels a bit different. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I should mention just before we go. Uh, Peter, your cat has made his debut, or her debut. Her debut. Her oh. debut. What's her name again? Uh, Eve. She... Eve. 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 Yeah. 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 She appeared on the screen earlier on when Robin was still with us, and uh, a sparkling debut. I thought she leapt like a salmon. Um, I'm not sure it was unaided, but uh, still impressive. She got, up, she got up on a sofa on her own, and I brought her into the uh, <laughs> the view. I also, before we lo- we leave, can I just mention two things? Yeah. That made the weekend even better. Number one, Middlesbrough lost. And look oh, like they're yeah. in danger of going down. And number two, Leeds lost. And you never know, they might get pulled in. You know, everyone who listens to this show regularly will know my love of Leeds. Yeah. And, and Millsborough as well. The amount of fuss that Leeds made about the, the whole neutral venues thing alone, yeah. for them to then start badly and potentially screw it up would just be just. In the words of Kevin Keegan, I'd love it. Love it. Love it if they copped it up from here. Yeah. It would I mean, be hilarious. Unfortunately, from that point of view, Fulham lost at home to Brentford. I mean, it's a tough Fulham were four points ahead, weren't they? So, so that they just mean um, more teams are chasing them properly now. Yeah, true. So. And I, I actually fancy Brentford um, more than Fulham to be able to break potentially yeah. into those top two positions. We all know Leeds well, don't end well as well because they they yeah. collapsed last season. The year they taunted us about how we were going to not go, going to cock it up. They yeah. then failed to make the playoffs even when they were like when yeah. they beat after they beat us. So and, yeah. and West Brom drew as well. So it's yeah. all getting a little bit tighter there. We'll, we'll look on. Yeah, with I quite like West, West Brom not to go up as well because of all the stuff with Rodriguez and yeah. uh, and Bong. So if those two completely cocked it up, that would be hilarious. That was unsavoury. And Middlesbrough went down league. as well. Hmm. It could be the perfect season after yeah. all. <laughs> anyway, Charlton stay up as well, obviously. Yeah. So we've had our first lockdown match, and we've got a one hundred percent record from them. Fantastic. Yeah. It's a 2-1 win against Arsenal. Everyone's happy with that. I can see the smiles are just so broad here. And long may they continue. Fingers crossed for the game against Leicester tomorrow. We'll be doing Zoom live stuff, I think, um, amongst ourselves. And we'll be back with a post-match podcast at some point later in the week. Until then, if you want to check out anything, you've got www.seagulls.co.uk. Seagullsoverlondon.com. I always get this wrong. www.seagullsoverlondon.com for any Seagulls Over London related interests. Um, you can tweet us. It's at Brighton Rock Pod. And you can email the show if you've got any thoughts and comments that way by emailing brightonrockpodcast at gmail.com. I've got through it, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Impressively, this time, sort of. Anyway, thank you very much to Alison Nicole for coming back and joining us. And it's happy days. Peter, thank you. Stand or fall up the Albion. Cheers. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.